0: This is Terrio Media. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. You're here for the action, the drama, the tension, and we're not talking about the octagon. We're talking about the arena of real estate investing. Welcome to a new episode of the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast. In our first segment, we're diving deep into the written wisdom of the real estate world. The 10 best books for real estate investing. It's not just about page turners, but life changers. Forget bestseller lists, we're talking about blueprints for success. You don't want to miss these potent picks. Moving swiftly on to segment two, we turn to the topic on everyone's mind, mortgage rates. The question is, when will mortgage rates go down? But it's not just about the when, it's also about the unseen costs of waiting for them to go down. Those invisible price tags can add up quickly, creating a financial domino effect. Get ready to harness your crystal ball and predict your way to profits. And just when you thought we couldn't up the ante, we've got the deal of the week lined up for you in one of the fastest appreciating markets in the USA. Brace yourselves for a white-knuckle ride into the world of epic deals and market movers. Finally, but by no means least, we've got a double whammy. Good news of the week and this week in cryptocurrency, positivity meets digital prosperity. Whether you're a seasoned crypto crusader or a blockchain novice, we've got you covered. So strap in and let's go. Hey, strap in! It's time for the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. We'll be your guides as we navigate the housing market, the landscape of creative financing strategies, and everything you need to swap that office chair for a beach chair. If you're looking for some one on one help, meet us at reias.com. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go! Hey there, future real estate tycoon. You know, it wasn't easy coming up with a list of the 10 best books to read for real estate investing, but. I did the heavy lifting for you so you can take the shortest path to your real estate success. And some of these I know you're not expecting. Real quick, though, before we get into the official list, there's an honorable mention that didn't make the list. Good book by Ken Fisher. You know him? Yeah. He wrote the book Ten Roads to Riches. The book, it takes you on a thrilling ride through the most common paths that can lead to financial success. From starting your own business to climbing the corporate ladder to CEO, to hitching your wagon to a visionary and just being the number two in the company, to being a celebrity, to stealing it legally, of course, the corporate raider type, to even marrying into wealth. And this book is worth mentioning because it will confirm for most people that investing in real estate is the average person's best shot at landing on wealth's doorstep. So check it out. I think you'll agree. And when it comes to real estate, the book makes a very specific distinction about it. Flipping houses ain't going to get you there, but holding them will. All right. You ready for the 10 best books to read for real estate investing? Let's go. Now, the 10 best books to read for real estate investing is obviously subjective, and it will depend greatly on what you look to accomplish through your real estate investing. I'm going to assume that you're taking your real estate seriously and you aspire to the very least of it being a part-time business for you. If not, kicking the nine to five to the curve and going full-time altogether. So that's where I'm coming from. All right, so book number one, and I doubt you've ever heard of it. I mean, it's really rare, difficult to find. Rich Dad, Poor Dad by the legendary Robert Kiyosaki. You heard of him? Yeah, it's a classic, and it's responsible for rendering more people certifiably unemployable than any other force known to man. It's like a roller coaster ride of emotions. It'll make you laugh, make you cry, and it'll make you question everything you've ever been taught and believed to be true about finances. It's been criticized by many to leave you hanging, though, on the how-to part of real estate, but that's what book number two is for, The Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. Now, this book, it spills the beans on the secrets of success in the real estate realm, drawing from interviews with over a 100 millionaire investors. What? 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 It's like having a backstage pass to the minds of real estates rich and famous. So soak up their wisdom, adopt their mindset, their habits, their strategies, and best practices. From my perspective, it's everything you need to know. I mean, you'll, you'll pick up the nuances of real estate once you start putting the book's lessons to practice, but the book overall, it's complete. Book number three, Killing Sacred Cows by Garrett B. Gunderson. Now, this gem for me was a part two to Rich Dad, Poor Dad with an elevated level of sophistication to kind of just give you the confirmation that you're on the right track. Are we lost? After reading it, you're going to say goodbye to those sacred cows that are holding you back and really holding society back as a whole. And hello to a fresh perspective on wealth creation. And give me a thumbs up for that. A fresh perspective. Okay, that's four thumbs up. Book number four. And this will be the first surprise of many. Awaken the Giant Within by the larger than life Tony Robbins. And I picked this one because real estate investing pretty simple. I mean, there are a million ways to make a million bucks in real estate. And they all work. I mean, all you got to do is just pick one. So why isn't everyone a real estate millionaire then? Well, it's because in between proven processes, and proven results, you have this big variable right in the middle. The individual. Yeah, you. Gary Keller's book will teach you about real estate. Tony's book will teach you about yourself in real estate. Number five, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And it's somewhat in the same vein as Awaken the Giant Within. I mean, this book, it's all about you, the most important person in this process. Who, me? As the wise author says in the book, whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. If you're going to be a real estate investor, the most important piece of real estate that you need to master is the six inches between your ears. Think and Grow Rich is a non-negotiable must read. I mean, take me up on this and get ready to think big and grow those real estate profits. Number six, how to win friends and influence people by the one and only Dale Carnegie. And why this book? Well, two reasons. First thing, is real estate. It's a people business. I mean, every piece of it that you buy or sell is going to be from or to another person. Second, this book was written in 1936, and there hasn't been a better one written on people and relationships since. You'll walk away from this book with the social skills to win over clients, negotiate killer deals, and become the life of the real estate party. Number seven. Rich Habits by Thomas C. Corley. You know, the older you get, the more you'll realize it's your habits that determine your destiny. And if you want that to be a rich one, then you need the rich habits. Real estate, it's the vehicle to wealth, but it's your habits that drive the vehicle. This book will change your life in 30 days or less, guaranteed. Number eight, a personal favorite, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. It's the perfect companion book for any how-to book that you could read. And when you're looking at how to get rich in real estate, this book will make you rich because it takes the mystery out of what work that makes you rich looks like. I mean, after you read this, you'll clearly see and understand how anyone that performs the right activities consistently and with persistence can accomplish anything. I'm right. And if you'd like some help with identifying the right activities for your real estate ambitions, head over to REIACE.com answer a few questions, pick a time to talk, and then we'll hash it out so you can move forward with clarity and purpose. Number nine, you can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar by David Sandler. It's the literary equivalent to discovering sliced bread. It's a genius. I mean, with a pinch of humor and a dash of wit, this book unveils the secrets of the Sandler sales system, and they are secrets. It's a game-changing approach to the practice that makes most feel, I don't know, The book, it just throws a pie in the face of traditional sales tactics, showing that sales is a journey rather than a one-night stand. Old school sales methods full of sleazy tricks and pushy pitches are as outdated as your grandma's rotary phone. Instead, Sandler champions a fresh, authentic approach where the salesperson dons the cape of a problem-solving superhero for the prospect. I can't imagine buying houses any other way. And here's number 10 in two parts, and quite possibly the most tangibly impactful book on this list, Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Now, this book is going to help you steer your finances in the right direction, ensuring that every real estate deal leaves you with profit. So that's part one. Part two is there's a version just for you. Profit First for Real Estate Investors by David Richter. And if you'd like to grab a bunch of free resources, you'll really like what David put together for you. The Cash Flow Multiplier. It's the top secret tool every real estate investor needs to manage and explode their cash flow. And then also over there is the profit list. It's a hidden list of profit-first banks in your town the wealthy don't want you to know about. And a free copy of his book, Less Stress, More Profit. He uploaded them all for you for free at trueprofit.net. Now, in the words of Benjamin Franklin, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. We'll be back with more
1: right after this. Material Investor, tell us where the deals are. The deal of the day is in Kansas City. And tell us what the numbers are. Nestled in a thriving neighborhood, this cozy charmer is truly a gem sparkling with potential. Picture this a beautiful single family home with three spacious bedrooms and one fully updated bathroom spread across a generous living area of 1,196 square feet. This is not just a house. It's your ticket to financial freedom, a perfect rental property that promises a steady income stream. As your tenants step inside, they'll be greeted by an inviting, bright, and cozy interior that screams comfort and style. This house has undergone a full rehab boasting a brand new roof and HVAC, along with a fresh, modern kitchen, bathroom, and flooring. But the allure of this property doesn't stop at the doorstep. It's strategically located in a vibrant community where convenience is the watchword. You have top-notch educational institutions like Center Elementary School, Center High School, and Southeast High School right in the neighborhood, making it an attractive choice for families. Accessibility to healthcare? Check. There's an array of hospitals and clinics nearby. And when it's time for recreation, there's a plethora of spots for families to unwind and have fun. Need to do a quick grocery run? Major stores are just a stone's throw away. And for those who commute, you'll love the easy access to main roads and highways. This gem of a property is up for grabs at an attractive rental price of $1,195 per month. So if you're a busy professional looking to dip your toe into real estate investment, but can't spare the time or effort, this is your golden ticket. Imagine owning a property that doesn't just pay for itself, but also enhances the quality of life for its tenants, ensuring their long-term commitment. And all of this is set in a thriving locale that's poised for growth, a key factor that any astute real estate investor would find appealing. Don't miss out on this opportunity. To add a shining star to your investment portfolio. For more information on this property and others just like it, grab a free investor package from CashflowSavvy.com.
0: Ever hear someone say, I have too much money? Me neither. Let's get you some more. Back to the show sitting on the sidelines waiting for these mortgage rates to come down is probably costing you more money than you think you're saving. Let's put it all into perspective. Are they really hot? Look right here. This is historically speaking how the interest rates have gone up and down over the years. And you can see where we're at right now. Not really high. We're like kind of in the lower third. And what you will probably find further interesting, if you look at all those vertical lines there, those vertical shaded areas of gray, those represent periods of recession. And you'll see that we've gone through recessions with very high rates. We've gone through recessions with mid range rates. And we've gone through recessions with very low rates. So the mortgage interest rates don't really have a correlation with an economic downturn, do they? Second thing is, look at this chart. This is the median home prices for the same period of time. And you can see that when we had high rates and low rates, it didn't really impact whether properties were appreciating or not. It's on a pretty steady clip upwards, isn't it? And if we look exclusively at just the recessions, we'll look back the last seven recessions here, you'll see that in only one of those recessions did it actually result in a market downturn, a housing market crash. So mortgage interest rates don't really have a correlation with the housing market either, do they? So if you are exclusively a cash flow investor, this could be concerning. The mortgage interest rates could definitely have an impact here because if those payments keep going up, but your rents aren't going up to support them, then that could put a real squeeze on your cash flow. But if you're basing all of your real estate investing decisions, on that one profit center, that's akin to just throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, after this, you're going to be the smartest person in the room the next time the subject of housing comes up. Because when it comes to inflation, right now, a lot of people are getting poor because of it. But there is a small group of people that are getting very, very rich because of it. Huh? Have you heard of the expression, don't fight the Fed? It's like this, aligning with the Fed when interest rates are low means you can be a little bit more aggressive. You can take on a little bit more risk. But when interest rates are high, you want to play a little bit more safe. And right now people are playing conservatively because those mortgage interest rates are high. But I just showed you traditionally they're not very high. So a lot of people are sitting on the side with the wrong strategy. Here's what I want to show you. The median price of a home five years ago was $331,000. Let's say you also had $331,000 thousand dollars of cash in your bank account. So let's fast forward five years. And because of inflation, the price of this home today is $436,000. And that $331,000 of cash that you had sitting in the bank today adjusted for inflation and now has the value of $273,000. So this right here, this is just inflation doing what inflation does. The house appreciated, the money depreciated. Here's how you use this information to get rich. What if we went back and we didn't use our own money, but we borrowed this money to purchase this house? We made $105,000 on the property because of inflation. And since we borrowed the debt, we actually only owe a real value of $273,000. Yes, nominally, we owe 331000 but because of inflation, we owe a lot less, $58,000 to exact. In. Inflation actually helps pay down our debt. And when we combine these two, we really increased our wealth by $163,000 by simply doing what the Fed does, by doing what your government does. We borrowed a depreciating asset to purchase an appreciating one. And it really didn't matter what the mortgage rates were doing. This would have happened anyway, because we live and operate within a debt-based inflationary system. That's how it works. I mean, how do you think the government is going to pay all their debts back? Well, they're not. They're going to leverage inflation to do it for them. What they're going to do is they're going to go print some more of this money, this depreciating asset, to go and pay off their debts and buy more appreciating ones. They're not going to pay it off. They're going to use inflation to pay it off. And if they can do it, so can you. And you can debate me all you want. In fact, I encourage it. But just understand this is how the wealthiest people in the world are operating. And if you still disagree, you are fighting the Fed. And it doesn't matter how you feel about it. It's just going to continue doing what it does. It's like if you were thrown into a river and you felt like it was the right thing to do to swim upstream. Well, that river, it doesn't care. It's going to do what rivers do. It's going to keep flowing and you're not going to get to where you want to go upstream. Or you could just turn around and swim downstream with the current and have a much easier go about it. And you can still end up on a very nice bank somewhere. Those banks look just like the banks upstream. That river, it's going to always win, just like the system is always going to win, despite what the mortgage rates do. They really don't matter all that much when you have this going on. So let's go ahead. I'm going to use the Epic ROI matrix to demonstrate even further why sitting on the sidelines waiting for these mortgage rates to come down is probably costing you more money than you think you're saving. How could that be? All righty, so let's look at that. Let's use that same house as an example. And we'll use its value today, $436,000. And we'll take a look at what it will be five years from now if we just ignore the mortgage interest rates and just keep on investing as we had been the last three, four, five, six, seven years. But we're going to do this a little bit more traditionally. We're not going to borrow 100% of the money. We'll go ahead. We'll go down to Bank of America, Chase, whatever, Wells Fargo. And we're going to borrow eighty percent. We're going to put down twenty percent, and that's eighty-seven thousand two hundred dollars. That's our down payment, and we're going to borrow the rest. So that would be three hundred and forty-eight thousand eight hundred dollars. This is our down payment. This is our loan. All right. So here is the ROI matrix. It looks just like this, and this represents the four profit centers of real estate. We've got appreciation. We've got cash flow. We've got depreciation and we have amortization. So we're going to start with appreciation because this is what most people will look at when they are making a decision whether they want to invest in real estate or not. And you know this because they're going to ask you a question like, hey, do you think this is a good time to get into the market? What they're really asking is, Are the prices low and are they going to be more next year? So they're banking on appreciation. That's what that question suggests. So we kind of have to guess and predict what appreciation is going to be. Lawrence Yoon, the chief economist over at the National Association of Realtors, is predicting that housing values are going to appreciate about one to two percent above whatever inflation is doing. And we know the Fed's target is to get inflation back in check. Right at about two, two and a half percent. That's where they like it to be. So if Lawrence is accurate, home values will probably appreciate four, five, six percent a year over the next five years. And if we go back and look 20, 30, 40, 50 years, as long as we've been keeping records, that is about the average annual appreciation rate, about four and a half percent. I think it's going to be much higher than that. I think we'll probably pull back a little bit before we go forward again. We'll just keep it very conservative and predict that we're going to appreciate four percent a year over the next five years. And that would be 20%. So our home value is $436,000. Multiply that by 20%. Our property will appreciate over the next five years by $87,200. Now we want to calculate our return on investment. And our actual investment here, when we borrow money, is not the whole amount. It's the down payment, the amount of money of our own money that we put into the deal. Coincidentally, it's the exact same number. I didn't predict that. I didn't think that through but 20% appreciation over the next five years does equal 20% of a down payment. So what we want to do is we want to take the amount of money that we made per appreciation and divide it by the amount of money we put into the deal, which was $87,200. And that will give us a 100% return on our $87,200. So let's look at the cash flow now. This is probably where the mortgage interest rates are going to have an impact. So I just did a little bit of browsing on the internet and I found properties around this value that rent for anywhere from $2,500 to $3,000, $3,500. Most of them are right around $3,100, $3,200. I looked in Vegas. I looked in Arizona. I looked in Texas. I looked in Florida. And based on what we do here at Cashflow Savvy, we provide turnkey properties all through the Midwest. That number's about right, about $3,200. So I'm going to go ahead and use that number, $3,200. That's the revenue, the monthly income that you could expect to receive on a property valued about this. Now, from that revenue, We have property expenses to consider. We've got taxes, we've got insurance, we've got maintenance, we got vacancy, we have property management. And so my quick and dirty math number for that is about 40%. We'll get to keep about 60% of this income right here each and every month. So if I multiply this by 60%, that's gonna give me $1,920 a month that I get to keep. Now from there, I have to make my debt payments. I have to pay for the money that I borrowed over here. So I did a quick calculation. 6% and what that payment would be is $2,091 a month. So you can see we're a little bit negative, aren't we? This is where the mortgage interest rates actually do have an impact on your investing. But remember, it's just one profit center and we'll pull the whole picture together at the end and we could decide whether that's enough for us to get back into the market or for us to wait. So what that gives us is a negative cash flow of $171 per month or a year that's negative $2,052. Multiply that over our five years that we're calculating for right now, and that's a loss in the cash flow department of about ten thousand dollars, ten thousand two hundred and sixty to be exact. And so, what we'll do is we'll take this number and divide it by how much money we put in the deal, which was eighty-seven thousand two hundred dollars. And then, what that gives us over a five-year period is in a negative eleven percent. Now, let's look at depreciation. A lot of people don't factor this into their investment decisions. But it can be a very significant number, particularly when you start adding multiple properties to your portfolio. And what depreciation is, is that the IRS tax code gives you a tax credit as a property owner for the natural wear and tear on your property. And they give you that deduction for a certain period of time What they've determined the usable period of that property. And I don't know how they came up with this number, but they came up with 27 and a half year. But they don't allow you to depreciate the entire value They only allow you to depreciate the structure itself. They won't allow you to depreciate the land because the land doesn't really depreciate. It'll still be here in 50 years, 100 years. So what they'll do is they'll allow you to depreciate 80% of the property value the purchase price. And 80% will then be this number right here, 348,800. Made the math really easy because we borrowed 80% and we need 80% of the property's value. Now we'll take this number and divide it by 27 and a half years. So that allows us to depreciate 12,683 a year. Now we have to multiply this by our tax bracket. And that brings a big variable. So it's going to be a little bit different for everybody. But I'm just going to choose the middle of the road tax bracket of 33%. That comes out to $4,185 per year that we don't have to send to Uncle Sam. And if you get set up correctly with your finances and your taxes, get a good CPA, get a good accountant. And what you can do is you can deduct this from the amount of money that you would have to send via your job. So if you have to pay $10,000 of taxes from your salary, but now you have this deduction of $4,000, that's like what, just six grand you have to pay to the IRS instead of the whole 10. And a lot of people don't really factor that in and don't consider that as a return on their investment in purchasing the property, but it indeed is. It's not necessarily money that's going into your bank account But it is specifically money that is not leaving your bank account. So it is indeed a return. Now, this is annually. We need to multiply this by five years because we're doing a five-year projection. And that gives us $20,973 Yet we did not have to send to the IRS. Now, we'll go ahead and we'll divide that by the amount of money that we put into the deal. Again, $87,200. And in this profit center, that equates to a 24% return. That's a real return, isn't it? Now, let's look at the amortization. This is the paying down of the debt. And a lot of people don't consider this because they're so used to paying the mortgage on their own house and they have a hard time kind of getting a grasp on how me paying money back that I borrowed is an actual return. Well, when it comes to your primary residence, it's not because it is you paying yourself. You're paying back the loan. But when it's an income property, it's your tenant that's paying down the debt. The tenant, gives you their rent each month. You take that rent, go ahead and pay the expenses on the property. Then you pay the debt service and you get to keep what's left over. That's how it works. So the tenant is indirectly paying down your mortgage. They send you the money so you can send it to the bank. This is the big distinction that makes an income property an amazing investment versus your primary home. Not so great of an investment. Financially speaking, the numbers don't really pan out over 30 years. But when the tenant is paying down your mortgage. That changes everything. So I just pushed pause and I ran to my computer really quickly. I pulled up an amortization calculator and looked at the actual schedule of how the principal is paid down based on the numbers that we have right here after making these payments of $2,091 a month to the bank over a five-year period. It paid down your principal by $23,760. Now we'll take that, divide that by how much money we put into the deal, which is our $87,000 $200, $200, and that gives us a return of 27%. Nominally, you paid down your debt by $23,760. Subtract this from how much you borrowed, and that puts you right about $325,000 nominally that you owe back. But adjusted for inflation, five years in advance, actually, it's about $283,000. Inflation paid your debt down even further by about 40 grand. And if you wanted to calculate with the return on inflation, that's probably going to put you somewhere right about double this number, 50, 60%. But let's just go in and add up the real returns over five years. In fact, 124% plus the 27% here. So that's going to give us 151% return. Then we add a negative 11% on our cash flow, So that puts us at right about 140% return on our 20% down payment over five years. Now, when you take all of this into consideration, do mortgage interest rates really matter all that much? Are you going to forego a 140% return merely because you want to avoid this 11% loss. Your call, you can do what you want to do. Just something to consider though. You should have the whole picture as you're making these important decisions about your finances. But here's the deal. If the mortgage rates, if they do indeed come down and you missed time to the market and you got in at the wrong time and you could have saved some money by getting a lower interest rate, then just refinance. No big deal. It's really easy to do. But if the mortgage rates go up, look how you've accurately timed the market. You're going to look like an absolute genius because you got in now.
1: Thanks for sitting tight while we pay our light bill. We'll be back right after this. Mainstream media is ripping us apart.
0: This is news to bring us together and make some money in the process.
1: First off, let's talk real estate, or as I like to call it, reality estate, because the dream of owning a property is about to get more real for our savvy investors out there. According to Bankrate's Housing Heat Index, It's a red hot market for sellers. But hold on, buyers, here's the twist. While some might see a seller's market as bad news, in the world of investments, it's all about perspective. This just translates into a golden opportunity for those looking to invest in rental properties. When purchasing becomes tough, renting becomes attractive. So remember, every cloud does indeed have a silver lining or in this case, a golden one. Moving on, let's give a big cheer to the Supreme Court for championing the cause of property rights. In a recent ruling, they upheld the sanctity of ownership rights. Not once, but twice. Talk about double the joy. These landmark decisions have added a solid layer of protection to your real estate investments. So as an investor, you can rest easy knowing that your property is not just an asset, but also a right that's safeguarded by the highest court in the land. In another twist of the plot, Housing Wire reports that the biggest hindrance to the housing market is, drumroll please, supply. Yes, you heard that right, and you've heard it for several years right here from Mr. Epic himself, Matt. It seems like we don't have enough houses to meet the demand, but hold on, isn't that good news wrapped in a riddle? You bet it is. For all you real estate investors, the demand supply gap spells opportunity. With fewer properties available, the value of your existing investments is likely soaring as we speak, and the opportunity to acquire and control more is ripe. A rising tide lifts all boats, and the supply crunch is raising the tide, and it will for the foreseeable future. Now, let's shift gears to honor our brave heroes this Memorial Day. As singer Lee Greenwood reminds us, let's never take our freedom for granted. These heroes protect not only our lives and liberties, but they also safeguard the stability that allows markets, including the real estate sector, to flourish. To all our brave men and women in uniform, we salute you, Semper Fi. Matt insisted I say that. He loves his Marines. Finally, who doesn't love a good underdog story? Let's give it up for the 8 seed Miami, who have advanced to the NBA Finals, averting a historic upset against the Celtics. Their triumph is a timely reminder that Just like in the game of basketball, success in real estate investing is all about strategy, perseverance, and sometimes a bit of luck. And that, folks, wraps up the good news for this week. Remember, in every challenge, there's an opportunity for those willing to seek it. So let's focus on the bright side and keep spreading those positive vibes. Until next time, be happy. It's contagious. Spread it far and wide.
0: It's not a passing fad, it's the future of money. What happened this week in cryptocurrency? First off, Coindesk tells us that Bitcoin is set for its first monthly loss since December. Hold on to your blockchain hats. This could sound like bad news, but as seasoned crypto aficionados know, volatility is the name of the game. It's like a roller coaster ride. Sure, there are drops, but that's what makes the crypto highs even more exhilarating. So don't let this temporary dip put a dent in your digital dreams. Remember, even mighty Bitcoin has its off days. Next up, we have a story from Analytics Insight about a crypto creature who is, quite literally, hopping to new heights. Pepe the Frog, in his avatar as Pepe, has delivered a whopping 240% return in under a month. Now that's some serious leapfrog. This just goes to show that in the cryptoverse, fortune can favor even the froggiest. So keep those eyes peeled and those wallets ready. You never know where the next big hop might come from. And this just in. Didn't I just say this crypto ride is exhilarating? Yahoo Finance brings us this story hot off the press. It's an interesting angle on the recent rise in Bitcoin and Ethereum prices like it just happened. Some experts are linking the surge to uncertainties surrounding the U.S. debt ceiling. Crypto, it seems, is becoming a refuge for those wary of traditional markets. So here's a bright side to the story. If you've been dabbling in digital currencies, your portfolio might just be looking a bit more golden. As we wrap up this week's Chronicles, let's remember that in the world of crypto, the journey is as exciting as the destination. There are ups, downs, surprises around every corner, and of course, plenty of opportunities to strike digital gold. And that's it for the Crypto Chronicles. Until next week, keep calm, trade on, and may Satoshi's spirit guide you to digital prosperity. See you in the next block. And that wraps up the epic show. If you found this episode valuable, who else do you know that might too? There's a really good chance you know someone else who would. And when their name comes to mind, please share it with them and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here and I'll take great care of them. God loves you and so do I. Health, peace, blessings, and success to you. I'm Matt in living Aww. the dream.